Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's reality check, health matters. Mm-hmm. Yes, listen up. More than your job, your social status, your money, your cars, I use that in plural, your house, your fancy laptop, your iPad and its leather cover, health matters. But we all know health can be very elusive, so much so that 65 million U.S. caregivers, which comes to almost 30% of the U.S. adult population, what? Provide weekly care to the ill, the disabled, and the aged. So how can technology help? The experts have a lot to say about this, and I have an amazing panel for you today. We're going to start off with Robert M. Miller. He told me I could call him Robbie because we're such good friends. He's from the National Fragile X Foundation, and his quote today is, technology will never replace the caring spirit, but technology can provide the necessary tools for caring to make a difference in the lives of those with special needs. Great quote. We'll be talking to Robbie in just a few minutes. We're also joined by Louise W. Gain from the MIND Institute at Davis. We'll talk to her in a few minutes. And her quote is from Corita Kent. And thank you, Louise, for introducing me to Corita. The quote is, love the moment. And the energy of that moment will spread beyond all boundaries. What a beautiful quote. Louise will explain in a little bit. We're also joined by Cheryl Prey from Els for Autism Foundation, and she says, hey, this is their motto, and why not? Autism, it's not game over, it's game on! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So there, we'll be talking to Cheryl Moore, and rounding out our panel today is Fahim Ahmed from SAP, and he says, social networks have already transformed how we find music how we discover restaurants, how we compare prices, and even plan our vacations. But isn't it about time that we apply this technology to transform how we care for our loved ones? Great quote, Fahim, in his own words. We'll be asking him about this in a moment. So join us for the next hour for People Who Need People, nod to Barbara Streisand. Caregiving goes social and mobile, and today's show is in honor of Autism Awareness Month. I have to do a shout-out to my co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin, who attended Ended the event last night, Demystifying Autism Causes and Care with the Aid of Technology. And that's what we're all about. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and this is Coffee Break with Game Changers, episode number 82. We're live. It's Wednesday, April 24th, 2013. Quick note to my Game Changers listeners, and then I'll tell you about my panel. Hey, you know you have to do it, but it can be painful thinking about how to harness your business's big data. Go to our show page, click on any of those yellow banners that are flashing in front of you, and go to a page with a lot of free offers, but I want you to look especially for the complimentary ebook on how to start dealing with your big business without the pain. So let's get started. Robbie Miller has been the executive director of the National Fragile X Foundation all the way back since 1999. Robbie was instrumental in the formation of the Fragile X Clinical and Research Consortium and in the collaboration to promote self-determination, which is a national collaboration to improve the lives of all adults with intellectual disabilities. Welcome, Robbie Miller. How are you today? I couldn't be better. Wonderful. Tell me quickly, where are you calling from, Robbie? Uh, Pleasant Hill, California. 
Well, that sounds like a pleasant place to be, and we'll be talking to you in a minute and digging into your quote. Also joining us is Louise W. Gain, MS. She's a genetic associate at the University of California, Davis, MIND Mind Institute. Louise works with Fragile X Treatment and Research Center there under the directorship of Dr. Randy Hagerman. Louise has worked with more than 1,500 patients with Fragile X Associated Disorders, also called FXD, over the past 25 years. Louise Gain, welcome. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm thrilled to be on the phone with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you're a very busy lady, and I admire what you do. A great respect. Thank and you. we're joined by, you're welcome, we're joined by Cheryl Prey. She's the executive director of the ELS for Autism Foundation. Am I pronouncing that re- correctly, Cheryl, the ELS for Autism? Yes, you are. Wonderful. And prior to joining the foundation last year, Cheryl held senior leadership positions in philanthropy, and I understand you also have a degree in philanthropy. I never heard of that. At the Nature Nature Conservancy, Johns Hopkins University, and Gallo Day University. Welcome, Cheryl. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm actually calling from Palo Alto, um, but uh, are based out of Jupiter, Florida, where the Ellsford Autism Foundation uh, is located. Okay. Well, glad to have you on board, and thanks for joining us. I know you had a great presentation last night. Malcolm was there and sent me some pictures I'll look at after the show. And rounding out our esteemed panel, what a great panel this is. Uh, we have Fahim Ahmed, who's Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at SAP. He oversees research, design, development, and product management for SAP. Consumer Healthcare Initiative. That's why he's here. He's also the founder and entrepreneur in residence, I love that term, for Care Circles, a wellness platform that connects families with what else? Information and services to help them care for their loved ones. Fahim Ahmed, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful today. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. What an exciting panel. What a serious topic. But we hope we're going to find some good news to share with our listeners today because this touches so many people. So, Robbie Miller, let's kick it off with you. Technology will never replace the caring spirit. I think that's why we're here is the caring spirit. But technology can give you the necessary tools for caring to make a real difference in the lives of those with special needs. Tell me more, Robbie Miller. Well, I want us to remember that there's a, a tradition of providing care. There's a, there's the, everybody's a, a care provider, a caregiver at some point in their life. There's also the profession of caregiving. Technology will help those, those folks. You know, uh, everybody, all, all professional caregivers are under tremendous pressure and uh, more clients and more patients and more students. But, and technology is going to help with that. But, you know, technology is not, is not the solution. You have to understand the culture of caring, the culture of those you're caring for. You know, the television did not revolutionize communication. The telephone didn't. Uh, paper and pencil didn't, nor did papyrus back in the Egyptian days. You know, it's not the tool. It's what's behind the tool. It's the core uh, it's the core feelings. Um, so I just want us to not lose sight of the fact that caring and helping have been going on for tens of thousands of years, and, and there's uh, a tradition to that, and uh, we need to understand uh, that at a, at a deep level if the technology is actually going to be helpful. Thank you. Very well put, Robbie. I appreciate that. Caring is, is really, you're right, without the core of caring, without the culture of caring, without the commitment to care, 
Nobody would even be looking at technology to get the tools to make it better or easier or more effective. So we start with caring as a core value. Very, very well put. Thank you. Louise Gain, let's turn to you from the – do I call it the MIND Institute or M-I-N-D? What's the, the best way to call that, Louise? The MIND Institute. Okay, thank you. And I loved your quote from Carita Kent. I was not aware of her. I looked up the quote and learned a lot. So love the moment, and the energy of that moment will spread beyond all boundaries. What's the context here, Louise Gain? I work with families who have a child diagnosed with autism, fragile X, or other um, disorders. And when they get the diagnosis, they are destroyed. And it's as if the whole ground upon which you stand has disappeared and you are standing on water and it's moving. And so what I try to teach parents is even at this time of diagnosis, when everything has been taken away, it's important to appreciate that moment and appreciate their child, that their child is not a diagnosis. Their child is the child before he had the diagnosis, and therefore they are to appreciate him each day in the moment. I often use a boundary of 15 minutes um, because that starts them on their way. But learning to love the moment and loving their child then brings them through the journey or the path of the early diagnosis, gives them more energy, helps them in advocacy to grow, exceed all their personal boundaries. And yes, like Fahim and other parents, they get up in front of other people and talk about Fragile X or other disorders, and they begin to change the world. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, this is a tough show. It's a good show because we're sharing the caring and we're sharing innovations and how they can help. So I'm very proud to be hosting the show today. I want you all to know that. Cheryl Prey. Ells for Autism Foundation. Great motto. Autism, it's not game over, it's game on. Talk to me, Cheryl. Who decided on this motto, this mantra? Is it everywhere? Is it on banners and sweatshirts and, and bags and laptop covers? Where is it? Well, thank you again for the for the introduction and the opportunity to be on the show with uh, such esteemed guests. It's really my honor and ple- pleasure to be here today. And it, it's so fitting to follow uh, such a beautiful quote about really engaging and um, being a supportive parent and uh, realizing that your child is is a is an absolutely wonderful human being. And after that first diagnosis, the 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 motto or the tagline autism is not game over it's game on what that means in our world with the foundation it's getting involved learning the facts being proactive to really help your child get the best and most early intervention possible because we know with early intervention that will change their life forever. So it's very fitting that uh, such a beautiful quote and then moving on to get involved, learn the facts, and really become involved and, and identifying opportunities to help your child. And if I can just back up for just a minute to, as we talk about Autism Awareness Month and autism, just to provide the viewers with just a 
couple sentences of autism spectrum disorders are commonly referred to as autism really are, are brain-based developmental disabilities, and uh, it's considered to be an epidemic by some. Uh, according to the CDC, autism is now estimated to affect one in every 88 children, and so it's, it's a perfect mm. opportunity for us to be on as Autism Awareness Month, and um, with such a, a tagline, a quote of autism, you know, get involved in, in early identification, and through technology, we can really achieve incredible results for for children on the spectrum. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. I was going to ask somebody to level set and do the definition, so I appreciate that. Fahim Ahmed, we're at the break, but I'm pushing the break because I want your voice on this first segment. And you said, basically, isn't it about time that we apply technology to transform how we care for our loved ones? Just give me a quick interpretation here, Fahim, please, before we go to break. Sure thing. You know, when you, when you talk about caregivers that look after people with autism or any one of these kind of diseases or conditions, they, it's not something they're prepared for. They're lost. They don't know what to do. In our, in our lives, when we're lost, we look at maps. Today we have maps of all sorts of things. If you're in an unfamiliar city, you can take out your smartphone, look for restaurants, look for hotels, look for all sorts of things. But in our personal life, when we care for the people we love, there is no map. There is no guide. You're kind of left floundering on your own. And I believe that there is a role technology can play over here, be it fairly simple. But we have to find some way of harnessing it for this kind of good. Thank you. Great, great interpretation of your quote. I appreciate that. We have so much more to hear from. We're going to go to break now, but I'm on the line today with Robbie Miller, Louise Gain, Cheryl Prey, Fahim Ahmed. Great minds, great passion for this. We're doing the show today in honor of Autism Awareness Month. If you know someone, anyone, anywhere in your life, We'll tell you how to find the podcast of this show after we're off the air live and just pass this along. Some really good information. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time to find out what my guests are drinking today, as in our What's in Your Cup segment. I know they're all braced and ready. They've prepared. I want to hear some amazing things. Let's start with Robbie Miller. What are you drinking today, Robbie? Well, first of all, I'm drinking out of a beautiful SAP mug I was given last night. Yay! 
I have one too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and of course, I'm it? drinking uh, only the the finest that money can buy, Folgers Instant, <laughs> uh, which because uh, it's really the caffeine, isn't it? And it's that it caffeine. absolutely is. It, it's it's all about the caffeine that allows us to uh, be creative and solve problems and uh, overcome challenges. So that's what I'm drinking. I appreciate that. You know, I don't think in a hundred shows we've had anybody talk about Folgers. So that is unique, surprisingly enough. Maybe, in fact, Robbie, nobody was willing to admit it. So thank that's you very probably much. correct. <laughs> probably correct. Louise Gain, what are you drinking today, or what's your best coffee ever? Well, it's not coffee. I have PG Tips, and that is English tea. And the reason I have PG Tips every day is because I'm a New Zealander, and today I'm getting ready to leave for New Zealand, so I've got to drink the right beverage. You absolutely do. What does this taste like? What is it? It's black tea, um, and I don't know how to explain it. It's what I've always grown up with. Just Very interesting. Is it is it uh, is it a dark flavor? Is it a tangy flavor? Is dark. it like very okay. very dark? And um, for myself, it's slightly got a I think a little sweet taste. But I think most people in America would find it a bit bitter. <laughs> so um, to each you. his own. Interesting. That's true. And her own. And Cheryl Prey. Cheryl, what are you drinking today? Tell me. Well, going along the lines of our, our international uh, adventures here, I, my, my story of my greatest coffee cup I've ever, ever, ever had is not necessarily today because it's, it's, it's pretty just a normal day in terms of what's in my coffee cup, but mm-hmm. the greatest coffee cup I've ever had was sitting outside a cafe along street in uh, Paris during the spring. Um, I have no clue what kind of coffee it was because I don't speak French and couldn't read the menu, <laughs> but uh, it was the greatest coffee I've ever had. So that's my my story for Wonderful. the day. Wonderful. We'll take it. We love it. We'll celebrate it. Thank you, Cheryl. Feel better now? Thank yep. you. <laughs> and Fah- <laughs> that's an inside joke. Fahim, Ahmed, what are you drinking today? Well, I grew up drinking what we call dudpati in Pakistan and India. This is black tea that is cooked with milk, and it's just cooked and cooked and cooked until it becomes strong and sweet by itself. But today I'm not drinking that. Today I'm drinking orange pico to remind me of my trip in Kenya where I was on safari, and I went to this tea farm, and they had the most beautiful, amazingly pure tea with no milk and no sugar, and I thought I would hate it, and I just loved it. It's just pureness all the way. Wonderful. Well, pure. I think we have a lot of pureness of spirit here on the show, and I have to read Malcolm's coffee break. Let's see. He says, back to his roots, Equator Coffee's alligator French. And Malcolm Kimberlin says, I'm so happy today. He's been doing the Keurig thing, kids, and dealing with Starbucks in a K-cup and not too happy. So he's back to his Equator Coffee roots. Okay, time for us to leave the smiles to the side on the coffee break segment and dig into some serious business here. We're here to talk about the intersection of caring and technology. So, Robbie Miller, I'd like you to kick this off. You sent me before the show some interesting comments. You say, opinions and recommendations from well-meaning professionals are often provided in isolation from each other, which causes confusion and uncertainty. So how will technology help to intervene here, Robbie? Give me some insights, please, and then we'll have everybody join in. Well, first of all, let me just say I love technology. Just love it. I love gadgets. Uh, I owned the very first Palm Pilot. I had every Palm Pilot that was ever made. 
So I'm, I'm very gung-ho about technology, and I understand the, the role that technology can play. But real briefly, let me tell you a little story about being a family literacy coordinator to try when the state of California wanted to help parents uh, build the culture of reading with their children. They thought by just giving out a lot of books to families, uh, beautiful children's books, hard-bound uh, children's books, families would begin to read. Of course, they, they didn't at all because there was no culture of reading there was no understanding about you know having a child sit on your lap uh, enveloping them as uh, as you're reading that, uh, to them um, so it wasn't about the books at all it was about understanding the culture of family uh, and it was all about uh, also understanding the culture of reading so i i think that there uh, technology is going to do a wonderful thing. Care providers, no matter what profession you're in, be it a doctor or a special ed teacher or a social worker, or whatever the case may be, your caseloads are going up, up, and up. The paperwork that you have to do is going up, up, and up. You have less time for making eye contact and, and true listening. So anything, anything at all that eases that burden is going to be a boon to the profession of caregiving. Thank you, and let's get Louise Gaynan on the conversation. Thank you, Robbie. That was great and so true. Louise, you say the need to gain control over the diagnosis by accessing all information related to it, and this goes back to what Robbie and I were talking about, and reaching out to those who specialize in the diagnosis is part of the grieving process. Let's touch on that. Louise, talk to me. The way is you mentioned that a family gets control of information um, that they've received around a diagnosis is by using technology and going on the computer, whatever their device is, and learning everything they can about the diagnosis. And this is where um, a device like Care Circles comes into play, and we have FragileX.org, and you have um, Autism Speaks, People reach out to these organizations to gain information, and it's from that information that they learn and that then they can begin reaching out to the appropriate professionals, other parents, other family members to learn, to share, to grieve, and to move forward. And this is incredibly important because if you don't do these things, then you tend to be admired in the diagnosis. However, I want to cast a caveat, and that is when one reaches out, one does not always get the correct information. Yes. Or they may True. get information that is very scary because there's too little, in my opinion, good news out there and too much bad news about a diagnosis. So it's really important when you're working with families is to give them the good news, the understanding that their hopes and expectations can still be held in place. And this is done by learning from technology and then talking to people. And so it's Thank a combination of people and technology. Thank you, Louise. And I want to take this a step further and bring Cheryl Prey into the conversation. Cheryl, you say 
using social media. We haven't really touched on that yet. Social media and technology is a tool to reach the global autism community. Maybe you can give me some stats on that. To share best practices in care, educational approaches, and therapy strategies is one of the goals of the L's for Autism Foundation. Talk to me about the role of social uh, partnered with or paired with technology as this tool and how global is the autism community. A lot to talk about. Cheryl, help me out here. Yeah, thank you. The uh the opportunity to use technology as a as a tool as Luis and Robbie have already indicated is such an opportunity for us that uh there's a lot of a lot of um autism is a global issue. It's a health issue. It's a, as I said earlier, it really is an epidemic. And if we can use technology in a really creative, innovative way by bringing public partner, public and private partnerships together to really capitalize on what are the most innovative ways that we can reach all corners of the globe, whether people are living in uh, South Africa or Australia or Kentucky or Alaska. There are remote areas of this world that due to inability to get to resources or through financial means or really when you have a child a child with a disability or a child on the spectrum, it's really difficult for that parent to actually go to a, um, a therapy or to go to all of the various doctor's appointments that they need to, to go to. So how can we bring technology into their lives to help make that a little bit better? Or how can we use technology to help the family? When we talk about children with disabilities or children with autism, siblings are a really key factor because they're part of the entire family are are affected and impacted by this disorder just as much as the rest of the family. So what can we do to help those siblings to address this, the daily challenges that, that they that they live with? But on a, the, the global scale, we're really looking at helping people improve their improve people's lives wherever they are and so you know care care circles is a perfect example and you know SAP's commitment through care circles is an example of how they're using their global platform global technology infrastructure to really reach the global autism community through these innovative technological advances so we're just really excited to be part of the initiative and and part of the platform to help reach people around the world Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate that. And, Fahim, we're going to round out this segment with you, and then we're going to start the next part after we come back from break with you because there's a lot to talk about. You are the founder and entrepreneur in residence for Care Circles. Why don't you give us some more information? We've talked, we've mentioned it, but we haven't really talked about what it is, what it can do, how robust it is. So give us a little uh, background here on Care Circles, please, Fahim Ahmed. All right, thanks. Care Circles actually grew out of a design thinking workshop and, and long exercise that we did here at SAP over for several weeks. We talked to lots of families and caregivers about what they wanted, and we came back with 141 different suggestions on, on ways technology could help them. But when we sifted through all of these, we boiled down to two essentials. They wanted information about what they can do, and they wanted ability to coordinate information with everybody else involved in their care team. And to my surprise, Everybody, almost everybody we talk to is caring for someone or the other. If you're not caring for a child with autism, you're caring for your spouse, you're caring for your children, you're caring for your parents, caring for grandparents. Everybody I ran into had an opinion on caregiving and how to use this technology. So Care Circles does two things. It gives you recommendations, advice, and ideas of how to care for your loved ones, be it autism, be it cancer, be it diabetes or Alzheimer's. 
It gives you very small bite-sized instructions and suggestions. And these are multimedia. They can include videos. They can include interaction uh, with, with widgets that you can track your care activities and so on. Um, and it allows you to put these into private circles. Think of them as private versions of Facebook where only the people that you invite can come in and they can collaborate with you, they can coordinate with you, and they can share the care responsibilities with you. It's a very, very simple idea, but of course, this is SAP. So we've built it on an analytics platform which learns as, the more, as more people use it. So the idea is two years from now, maybe even 18 months from now, when you're caring for somebody, we can do the Amazon effect. People who apply this and this strategy to care for someone which should also consider these strategies. And we might actually be able to make recommendations at the point of care. Very, very interesting. We have a lot more to talk to you about. And when we come back, we're going to kick it off with Fahim Ahmed again. I want to talk about the benefits reported by caregivers. Since we're talking about why technology with caregiving, caregiving being one of the oldest spirit activities and, and of the heart from ages ago. You mentioned how far back in time. The most important technological benefits reported by caregivers. I'm not going to fill in the rest of that sentence till we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers with a great panel. Robbie Miller, Louise Gaines, Cheryl Prey, Fahim Ahmed. Fahim, get ready. We're going to start off with you. Brad, take us away. Don't touch that app. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag SAPRADIO now let's get back to coffee break with game changers start this segment with a longer quote from Corita Kent, just because I have it here from Louise Gain, and I think it's a lovely thing to share, and then we'll talk more about technology. The quote is, love the moment. Flowers grow out of dark moments. Therefore, each moment is vital. It affects the whole. Life is a succession of such moments, and to live each is to succeed. Thank you for that, Louise, for introducing me to Corita Kent. Okay, let's get down to the brass tacks, the hard news about technology and caregiving. Fahim Ahmed, let's talk about the most important technological benefits reported by caregivers in this autism world. Talk to me. Fahim? Well, I found that the average child at autism has 12 caregivers. That's a staggering statistic. It involves not just the parents, 
often the siblings, but often, you know, you have the teacher, you have the aides of the teacher, you have the speech therapist, the occupational therapist, the behavior interventionist, and very often uh, parents will contract with private service providers as well. And then you have state resources coming in. So all of these different people working with the same child to get, you know, make sure this child gets off on a good start and, and is a productive member of society, coordinating the interventions by all these people falls upon the parents, typically the mom, typically a single mom. And this is too much. Right now they're doing it by phone. One, one, one uh, service provider calls in and says, this is what your child did, and then this, this lady has to call everybody else, let them know what's going on. And if she doesn't, the, the child doesn't get coordinated care. And I believe is technology can help us keep all, everybody on the same page. There has to be a better way of communication. The, way it isn't, it, the reason it isn't done today is because of consent forms, because other people have information about us. They don't have the permission to give this information around. But if we put the parent in charge of their child's information and they became the disseminator of information, the consent problem would be solved. You know, it's, it's similar to in, in medical records. If the patients own their own data, they don't have to right. go begging the hospital, can I please have a copy of med- my medical records? We want to put right. the patients in charge. We want to put the families in charge. And that can make all the difference. I, we haven't established, uh, maybe Louise can talk to this. I'm, I'm going to bring you in here on how the idea for Care Circle started, Louise. But do we have any statistics about the, the most common age of diagnosis of autism? Is it in infancy, the first six months, the first year? What are the statistics as people become more and more aware of normal or abnormal behavior and ask their pediatricians to test the children? Are we seeing earlier diagnosis, and does that make a difference? Louise, you want to touch that? I think you're seeing, and it's certainly being um, encouraged to make an earlier diagnosis for autism, and um, particularly because often, not always with autism, you see a regression at around 16 months or so. But And Cheryl can be more precise about this, but I work with Fragile X Syndrome, which is the leading inherited cause of intellectual disability and the leading single-gene cause of autism. And our families often do not get a diagnosis until the children are three or four. And this is because parents are going from doctor to doctor. It's called an, called an odyssey in seeking the diagnosis and trying to be listened to and heard by a professional. So it's very difficult for any parent who has a child with an intellectual disability to obtain a diagnosis by having the professional listen to them. Oh, my goodness. We're back to real basics. We started out talking uh, with Robbie Miller about the, the core of the caring and the caregiving spirit and caring in its, in its basic essence as a human quality, and, and now we're talking, yes. Okay, Louise, I want to ask you, tell us the story of how you and Fahim first broached the idea for Care Circles. Where did this all start and when? Well, Fahim, after receiving the diagnosis for his son, came in with his son and with his wife, and the Mind Institute was built by families who had children with autism, and they conceived of a place where researchers, clinicians, and families came together, worked together, listened together, and communicated. And so I sat on a couch, and Fahim and his wife were on another couch. And Fahim, with all his enthusiasm, 
and um, his technology background started to talk to me about his idea of how to use technology to help his son. And by helping his son, helping many other children with fragile X, autism, and other disabilities. So it was Fahim sitting on a couch, um, and Fahim can um, correct me, but because the diagnosis had been in many ways soul-destroying, this was Fahim's way of gaining control, of moving forward. What Fahim did not know, by conceiving of care um, circles, working with others in his technological environment, such a device as caregivers, um, care circles, would be developed and SAP through its support and allowing him to have a team has allowed Fahim to take his grief and loss and allowed his son to give us all a gift. And that's what many, many parents and families can do is change the world. Thank you for sharing the story. Fahim, you want to add to that? Yeah, I want to chime in that, you know, if, if we hadn't found the mind, I don't know what we would have done. There is so much doom and gloom out there. Nobody, everybody says these are all the things that will go wrong, and they don't tell you what can go right if you find out and you do something about it. We were blessed in a way. We got the diagnosis when my son was 16 days old. That's oh. what technology does. They can do chromosomal analysis to tell you this child is going to have a terrible life. That's what they oh. tell you, that they don't have a bedside manner. But the mind showed us how we can move forward and, you know, help us come to grips with it. And we benefited so much. My, my own family has benefited so much. And I see the difference. I want to make sure that this information, this practical advice of how to raise a child with special needs is available to as many people as possible. Well, your so, heart's Bonnie, in the uh, right place. Can I interject yes. something here? Please, Robbie, please. Yes. So one of the things that, that hasn't been mentioned here, so you, uh, when we talk about Fragile X Syndrome, and Fahim, what would you say, about a dozen caregivers uh, per, per child? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, with Fragile X Syndrome, it is not uncommon, because this is inherited, to have two, three, four, or more children who have the syndrome. So uh, multiply 12 by the number of children that you have with the syndrome, and you can imagine uh, the chaos of trying to uh, coordinate uh, uh, caregiving. So at the National Fragile X Foundation, you know, we try to use all of the, the current technological uh, you know, innovations out there to help families uh, coordinate their care. So we're real excited. We've been working with Fahim now for you know, almost as long as uh, Louise has um, uh, to uh, make sure the care circles is really an effective and efficient tool. Thank you, Robbie. I just, just yes. wanted to add, Bonnie, if I can. Now, you've got mm-hmm. enthusiastic people here. Um, mm-hmm. Fragile X syndrome also affects grandparents, and they develop a progressive neurodegenerative condition. And Care Circles is also addressing people, um, I believe, Fahim, with Alzheimer's and um, senile dementia. And so Fragile X reaches out to this group, and it's also covered in Fahim's development and that of SAP's development of Care Circles. Thank you. I want to read a statement from Cheryl. 
that you sent me before the show that I believe sums up what we're talking about. We have a few more minutes left to this part of the roundtable. She says, by utilizing technology in creative and innovative ways and engaging the entrepreneurial spirit of the private sector, we are committed to delivering tools to assist families with early identification and strategies for caring for their child on the autism spectrum. And she says Care Circles is one example of how we are accomplishing this goals. I don't think it could have been said any better. Cheryl, uh, talk to me a little bit. This is beautifully put. Fahim, you agree this, this encapsulates everything we're talking about, your contribution and your work with everybody here? Yes? Absolutely. Anybody, jump in. Yeah, this is great. Cheryl, talk to me a little bit. Well, well, thank you for that. And I, I think that, you know, the Ells for Autism Foundation is, uh, we're in the process of building a, it's a $30 million center of excellence, which will be located in Palm Beach County, Florida. But through the use of technology and tools like Care Circles and, and others, we really want to reach parents with strategic and practical um, information that they can use on a daily basis. So, for example, our real focus right now in, in this Autism Awareness Month is focusing on early intervention. And I'd like to take this moment, as, you know, as we've talked about, technology is one, one opportunity, but we also need to get to the, the hands-on and caring and face-to-face and working with people. You know, technology is a tool, but we still have to work directly with people to make sure that they have the information that they need and that they understand in order to get the help that they need. So I'd like to just for just two minutes or for just mm-hmm. 30 seconds to share a couple of real critical key points that if parents should be talking to their pediatricians if they have any concerns about their baby's behavior or misdevelopmental milestones, like if they're failing to, if they're not talking or making eye contact at, uh, you know, typical ages. So there are some red flags that we really want parents and caregivers to know for early identification that they should be reaching out to their pediatricians and saying we want an autism screening so that we can really implement best practices going forward. So, for example, things like if your child, if there's no big smiles or other warm, joyful expressions that you typically would see at six months or at, at nine months, no back-and-forth sharing of sounds like typical toddlers might do. Um, babbling usually happens around 12 months. So if you're not seeing those signs and those indications, then at the Ells for Autism Foundation and, and other autism organizations around the country, we really, really are encouraging parents to take that, take that approach of uh, autism is not game over, it's game on. Get involved, learn the facts, and really reach out to the professionals that can help you um, identify this disorder. And Cheryl, we, at the at the National Fragile X Foundation, we hope that autism screening will include the DNA blood test for Fragile X syndrome, which, as I think Louise said earlier, is the most common known single gene cause of autism. Absolutely. I want to thank you all. We are done with our roundtable segment. We're up to our break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Robbie Miller from the National Fragile X Foundation and Louise Gain from the Mind Institute and Cheryl Prey from Ells for Autism Foundation and my hero, Fahim Ahmed at SAP for his work on Care Circles. I'm going to ask all of you right now to polish off the crystal ball Look ahead five years or any time frame you see into the future and tell me what will technology and caregiving 
have accomplished in that time frame? How are we going? How are we moving into the future? What lies ahead? That's good news. That's what I want to know. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss these predictions. Seriously. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. We're going to look ahead five years if that's as far out as my guests can go. They know better than I do. We're talking about the intersection, the combination, the interaction of caregiving a very primary spirit of the hu- of humankind since time immemorial and technology moving into the future. So let's first talk to Robbie Miller and Robbie with your work at the National Fragile X Foundation. What do you see in the future? Can you give me some good news, Robbie Miller? <laughs> well, I think the trajectory is that there's going to be more interconnectedness, uh, more uh, parents helping parents, for example caregivers helping caregivers, people who have been down the road already uh, turning around and uh, guiding the people who are just beginning the journey. I mean, technology, we've already seen that. It's really a beautiful thing to see uh, that people don't, at the foundation we have a tagline, we have a number of taglines, but one of them is you're not alone. And technology Mm -hmm. has really made that true. There is no reason why anybody... In, in today's world, particularly in the United States, but also, you know, increasingly on a global perspective, with a diagnosis of, a, of any kind of condition, including autism and fragile X syndrome, needs to be alone. There's just no reason for that anymore. I uh, couldn't necessarily say that 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. I would say that it's good, that trajectory will continue, and that interconnectedness between uh, caregivers and parents uh, and the professionals will only get better. But I'll, I'll continue my little uh, spiel about, you know, there, there's nothing new under the sun at the same time. And there will always need to be an understanding about the cultural difference about, uh, differences about how caregiving is provided from uh, one family to another, from one country to another, from one culture to another, from one ethnicity to another. Those things 
will never change. They'll, they'll need to be understood. So I don't care how fancy the technology is in five years, those things, those core uh, concepts about caregiving that have existed for thousands of years still need to be understood and addressed. Thank you, Robbie. Quick question for you before I turn to Louise for her crystal ball predictions. Robbie, will the information be sifted through more effectively through technology so that only good information, reliable information, accurate information, that will outweigh the stuff that's swirling around that will confuse or disarm people or set them back? What do you think? Will we be able wow, to Wow, what a tough question. In- Boy, do I, I wish I knew the answer to that because you uh, you certainly identified the downside of technology uh, that lots of people, much more articulate than I, have written about, that there's lots more information about there, and often that's the problem. There's too much information, and knowing what's the right information or not is a challenge. I hope the answer is yes. I mm-hmm. think and feel that the answer is going to be yes, but we're going to have to pay really close attention to that to make sure that it really is yes. Thank you, Robbie. I was trying to make a point, and you helped me make it. Thank you so much. Louise Gain, crystal ball. Can you see five years ahead for me, Louise, or give me your own time frame? What's coming up? Well, I am going to piggyback on what Robbie has to say, except because, um, (laughs) in a way, I come from a way, uh, a viewpoint that's personal and interconnected person to person. So I believe that caregiving is going to go back to, um, and communication, back to the old-time party line that we used to have on phones, where the party line is made up of parents, therapists, medical people, researchers, people from technology, all talking to each other. Now, yes, you can talk, I know, through the iPad and email. As I said, I'm a people person, not big on technology. And I think these are really going to be growing in the way we communicate. But And care um, circles is leading the way. However, I think it's really important to acknowledge that there's nothing better than voice communication. And voice communication can give support in a way that the typewritten word does not. So I think when we have care circles, that's also a way to lead to voice communication as well as technologically, um, technological communication. What a wonderful point. I'm going to throw in a little French, one of my favorite French sayings here. Who was it who, uh, Cheryl, you don't know what the coffee was because you couldn't read the menu. My favorite French quote is, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And we're talking about the good old-fashioned way of human communication. Talk to me. Talk to someone. Thank you, Louise. Great point. Cheryl Prey, Ells for Autism Foundation. What do you see? And can you take me five years ahead, Cheryl? Well, I think the... Social media and technology has has advanced us so significantly just in the last two to five years. It's really amazing when you think back to it. And there are still so many people around the world that just don't have access to technology. And I think there's a misconception sometimes when we think that, well, all these people have smartphones, so they must have access to all the information that they need. Well, if people don't have electricity 
to charge those smartphones or they don't have the ability to uh, get the other information however they they download or anything like that. I think we need to be smart about our technology use. And so getting information to people who don't have it and then filtering filtering information, it's data collection and data management so that there's information overload. So when you search on autism in Google, I don't know how many millions of hits that you get. And that's very overwhelming for families. So I think the future of technology is using it smartly and more sophisticated and intelligently so you can really filter data in a way that helps people get to the kind of information that is going to be most helpful to them. And the the algorithms and the, 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 the processes that exists now, and I think the more we can really apply that to help people in certain circumstances and situations, I think that in my mind, is the wave of the future to help people sift through the millions of data records and so that we really get what's good, what's accurate, and what can really be helpful to people. Wonderfully put. Thank you. And, Fahim, I can give you one minute. We're up against our final break, which is the end of the show. Fahim Ahmed, the founder and entrepreneur in residence for Care Circles, the wellness platform connecting families with information and services they need to care for their loved ones. Fahim, look ahead. Give me one minute of predictions. Go. Well, you know, in my job, I talk to lots of providers now, and every single one of them is convinced that the future is social and mobile, but they don't know what it is. Um, Many of them are starting experiments with social, such as Facebook pages that patients can like. Um, I think that's a good experiment. I don't think it makes anyone more healthy at the moment. But they're onto something here because they're trying to get more patient engagement. But for me, mobile is where it's at because with mobile, you can be at the point of care. Instead of going looking up a reference library on your desk and then coming back, you just have it with you all the time, and that makes such a big difference. And if we can do what Louise hinted at, if we can bring researchers into the equation here, if we can find some way to instrument these caregiving activities and learn from them, that's when I think we'll really move the needle in providing the right care for people. Thank you, Fahim. Beautifully said. I want to thank my panelists. But first, it's time for Bonnie's predictions. And guess what? I'll tell you what's coming up on our next shows next Wednesday, May 1st. Already, where did the year go? We'll be talking about social business networking for the next generation. How? Well, my guest will be Boston College professor Jerry Kane and two of his very smart graduate students. And we'll have the business side of the coin with SAP's Mark Yolton and Todd Wilms, both of whom have been on the show. And Financial Excellence with Game Changers, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon here on the East Coast. Next week, Tuesday, April 30th. Looking for risks in all the wrong places? Tune in to find out what the risks are and why the places are wrong. Special thank yous to Robert Miller. Robbie, thank you so much. Louise Gain, wonderful to have you. Cheryl Prey, welcome, welcome. Fahim Ahmed, wonderful, wonderful. You are a terrific panel. Thanks for caring. Thanks for giving. Thanks for sharing. And a special shout-out to Layla Sabori and SAP for bringing us this topic. From Malcolm Kimberlin, my co-producer, Anka Rebel at SAP, and the Business Channel team. And now I have my call to action. Everybody put on your seatbelts. This is a big one. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week here on SAP Game Changers Radio. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, 
hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.